Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with another absolute legend lacrosse player, a role model of mine since the beginning, and someone that is determined to make special things happen for the lacrosse world. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar that I hold through the KO17 lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast that you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people that I have met throughout my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. We've got another special guest this week, and I'm pumped to get right into it. Kayla Trainer is one of the most dynamic and talented lacrosse players in the game, and I was lucky enough to have her as a guest of this episode. She even rocked her Dream On t-shirt while we recorded this one live, and let me tell you that it absolutely made my day. K-Train has been a dominant force on the lacrosse field, winning gold medals with Team USA and taking her team to four consecutive Final Fours during her four years with the Syracuse Orange. We talked through everything about her mentality of chasing her dreams, never settling, and some amazing advice from her father that has stuck with her day in and day out on her journey and striving to be the best. Kayla has been someone I have looked up to as a player for her relentless winning nature and her incredible talents and tricks on the field for as long as I can remember. Being one of her teammates and friends these days is something that I am very grateful for because it brings me the chance to share with you all, listening now, how incredible of a person, teammate, and leader in this sport that she is. I really hope you enjoy this one. Hello, everyone. We got a nice crew today. Awesome. Welcome to another Dream On episode. I am, I mean, I know I say this every week, but I'm very, 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 very pumped um, today to have our special guest, Kayla Trainer here today, as some of you guys can see. And so for those of you who are listening, um, Kayla is literally one of the best lacrosse players on the planet. Um, I remember when I was some of your girl's age, looking up to her and watching her highlights and being like, okay, how can I do that? Um, how can I emulate that? And it's still true. Uh, some of the girls that work with me here are like, yeah, Kylie, I know you still tell me like Kayla does this all the time, like watch Kayla's highlights. So um, <laughs> thank you so much, Kay, for being here and for hanging out with us. Can't wait to like, just hear some more about your journey and have everybody who's listening, you know, tap into some of your wisdom. Yeah, for sure. I've got my um, dream on. Oh my God. I didn't even around. see it. <laughs> You're so sweet. Ready um, to go. You're comfy, right? Yeah, it, girls, you got to get one of these if you're out there. Oh, my hair. Three months. I love it. A little plug there. Look at yeah. you guys. <laughs> I didn't even say that. that. I didn't even tell you to do that. I promise. That's true. That is all me. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good friend right there. Um, okay, so for those of you who don't know who are listening, um, Kayla's got all the accolades, um, literally all of them under the sun, but um, she played at Syracuse. She was a four-time All-American, three-time Tartan finalist. Is that correct? Yep. I'm Torton finalist. That's amazing. Um, she's a Team USA gold medalist. She's on the U.S. national team currently. She's a Nike athlete. She holds all sorts of draw points and assists records all at the top. Um, and currently she is the BC women's lacrosse assistant coach. So um, I'm sure there's a ton more that I'm missing in there. But as you can tell, we have an insane amount of talent um, uh, here. And also I'm just really excited to tap into like your journey and what got you to this to this point and who you are because I think that's important too off the field um so getting right into it we always start um with a segment called off to a good start 
So instead of just hopping into, hey, Kayla, when did you start playing lacrosse? I like to know um, three things that's going on in your mind today. So something that you are thankful for today, Kayla. Yeah, this, um, not to go to a really dark place this early, but um, actually he's from Long Island. A friend of my sister is a lacrosse player. Um, I don't know if you know him actually, Colin Clive. He was a, he played at Siena and uh, unfortunately a tr really tragic situation happened and uh, lost his parents this past week. So just, I don't know, I, it's been on my mind so much, just how, you know, right when you think you have it bad, you, something like this happens and it just really like shook me and it just made me think about like all these blessings and all these amazing things that I have in my life. So um, not to go to a dark place, but that, yeah, that's definitely like, it's just funny you said that because that's something I've been thinking about and just sort of like how fortunate and how lucky I am um, just for like family and friends and just to be able to start playing lacrosse again soon and, you know, all these things. So um, thankful for everything in my life right now. That's for sure. I did. I did, unfortunately, actually just read that story um, right before we got on this call. So I was thinking a, a lot of the same. So I appreciate you for sharing that. Um, and if you do know his family, please, please send my best. Um, all right. So something that you are proud to say that you have accomplished today. That's a hard <laughs> one. Yes, everybody. Yeah. Okay. The question is something I'm proud of that you accomplished today that you oh, got done. specifically today mm -hmm. Kylie you'd be proud of me okay. I started a kind of like what you're doing like a business account for my own lacrosse camps and clinics and things like that so following your lead let's go um so we're gonna collab on more things then coming soon yeah exactly <laughs> Wait, that's so exciting does anybody else know about this or are you announcing this here on the dream on podcast <laughs> um I should well this is my big announcement girls uh no I I sh I should have had it a while ago but I just finally finished that up today so yeah so awesome congrats that's exciting thank you that's so exciting I didn't know you were doing that so that's super awesome um welcome to the side of it yeah <laughs> it's sort of in the back I mean I'm I'm still coaching obviously at BC's it's sort of like on the back burner, but it's good to have. Oh, hundred percent. Um, I'm sure you'll see a bunch of these girls at all your events in the coming, <laughs> in the coming years, uh, including me. So like, if there's an age <laughs> limit, just like, let me know, but I'll be there anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Last but not least, something that you're pumped to go out and chase could be tomorrow, could be within the next coming months, could be within the next year, something that you're excited to go out and chase. Um, I would say, honestly, I just got off the phone actually with a good friend of ours, Marie McCool, and just talking about, she's talking a little bit about what she's doing for training and things like that. So sort of got me jacked up, fired up to get going. And, um, we we're kind of coming off the holidays and things like that. So, um, and as you know, we haven't played in a long time. So just, it was good to talk to Marie, give me a good connection, got me fired up and excited for like new pro league and US and things like that, just to play again. For sure. I'm really happy that you said that. Cause, um, I was thinking about that this week too, just like how long it's been since we played, like, <laughs> was it been like 14 months or something? Yeah. 
something really crazy. Um, but it's really nice to have something like on the horizon um, to look forward to. Um, sure. And just like you said, like make all the training worth it and know that we're eventually going to get back out together in person um, is going to make it all worth it. Like I got out on the field today, I think for the first time in a, in a while, uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, like getting out and like shooting and getting a full blown workout in. Um, it's been a little while, you know, with holidays and everything. So it felt good and I'm excited. Um, so I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. Um, okay. So who is Kayla off the field? So like talk about where you grew up, your family, your background, like what other hobbies and passions you had as a young Kayla that brought you to who you are today? Yep. I, uh, I grew up in upstate New York in, um, a town called Niskuna. It's really well known for the men's lacrosse there. They've won a state championship and, um, and my dad, uh, was actually an assistant principal when I was growing up there at the high school too. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, sports have been a big part of my life forever. My dad's a basketball coach. He coaches at union college right now. He's one of the assistants there. And my sister actually coached at, um, at a union college as well too. So I grew up around sports and, um, Oh, I played, I was actually really big into soccer and basketball. I'm sure like every person you've had on, on this has probably had similar things like playing other sports, but, um, I was definitely a big soccer and basketball player, wanted to play soccer or basketball in college, never really thought about lacrosse. And, um, and then I was really lucky. I got like a lot of, got connected to a lot of amazing people and, um, just with the men's lacrosse being so big in my town, sort of just got involved in lacrosse and then, um, was super lucky and got to go to Syracuse and then now I'm coaching at BC. So I've been really lucky and it's, it's been awesome. I would say a lot of your talent and hard work takes you there too. It's not all <laughs> luck, <laughs> but that's awesome. I didn't know that your high school was, um, that well-known for men's lacrosse. That's really cool. Um, we, I would definitely say the same about my high school and compared to the women's lacrosse program, but um, it's definitely, I mean, it's all kind of combined, right? It's all under like one umbrella. So it's cool to have that like combined support from both programs. Yeah. Um, sure. So you talked a little bit about like soccer and basketball, and I heard that you are like quite the basketball player. Um, <laughs> so You might need to check your sources. <laughs> Listen, you, you definitely better than me. Anybody who's ever listened to this, these episodes before knows that, um, I like literally had more fouls than points my senior year <laughs> basketball season. So like, that's a legitimate statistic. Um, really sad, but I played it. That's all that matters. Um, yeah. so what do you think, like, as the athlete you are today, what do you think that you took from soccer and basketball, like on the field strategy wise, but also off the field? holistic athlete, leadership, sportsmanship, all those kinds of things? Um, so I'll answer that question in a sec, but I got a funny story for you. Please. So speaking of fouling, actually really funny. So I loved high school basketball. I think it was just like the most fun sport for me to play. It was not my best sport, but um, so we came, we played a rival, okay? And I was hot, I was playing my best basketball had like 28 points. I was pumped. And then the next game I was being recruited by Gary Gate at Syracuse. And he, he was like, I'm going to come and watch you play basketball. And I was like, Oh my God, what an amazing opportunity. I'm playing so well. He comes, he drives 
like two and a half hours to sit in my crappy little Niski high school gym. And I, I fouled out in the first five minutes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is a true story. So speaking of foul, that was one of the most embarrassing things. Not a lot of people know that story, but that is a true story. So he drove two and a half, and this is when you couldn't talk to recruits either. So he drove two and a half hours to watch me sit on the bench and then turned around and drove back at like, it was like a 7 PM game too. So, so when you um, could finally talk to him, did he bring that up? Oh yeah. He <laughs> messes with me all the time about it, but, um, but no. So what I learned from playing other sports, I think I was actually talking about it today at the gym with the guy I trained with. And, um, it happened like right away for me in soccer, we were in a playoff game and, um, I got benched and it was overtime and we lost the game and I made some silly mistakes and I'll never forget it. Cause I was like pretty emotional. I was like, it was the first time I had been benched and um, like my dad was, my parents were just like, like, how dare you complain about getting benched? Like your sister is on the JV team and she was older than me at the time. So she, they're like, your sister's on the JV team. You're at, you like, it's a privilege for you to be on that team and you have a role on the bench as well. So it was just a really great lesson for me. And like, fortunately I had my parents to sort of like give me that lesson at home too. But I think like the best thing about, there's a million benefits about playing multiple sports, like even in terms of being an athlete, but like, I think the biggest thing is like humility like people like us, we've just been really successful in lacrosse for a long time. And obviously I'm sure all of us has had individual like hardships in the game, but for the most part, for us playing at the US level, we've had a pretty amazing successful career. So I think it taught me a lot of humility. Um, even like basketball camps I'd go to, I went to this, it was called Craig Kubek basketball camp and it was an overnight camp and it was co-ed and all the best players in like New York state would come to this camp. And again, like another time where I thought I was such an amazing basketball player and right away I go there at a young age and I am, I am like one of the worst players on the team. So it just taught me a lot of humility and like, um, I, I you know, the quote with by Abby Wambach, you're not a good leader unless you're a leader from the bench or I don't know exactly how it goes, but um, I think that's like the biggest takeaway for me is just humility and knowing how to be a great teammate when you're not playing and just all these other sort of lessons and being coachable and all these things. But I think that's like the, again, like I said, there's a bunch of things, but that's a big takeaway for me. You know, what's really awesome about that is like you said, there are a bunch of things, um, to learn from multiple sports, but nobody, um, that I've had on here and we've had 17 other guests has said that. Um, really? really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, because I think it is so important. Like you said, everybody on the team has a role. Um, and I also think that a lot of people don't realize lessons like that until, you know, you are in college or until you get to a specific like level. Right. And then like, it kind of hits you and you're like, wow, I almost wish that I had kind of gotten these lessons a little bit earlier. Um, but it is something that all sports will teach you. It mm -hmm. teaches you about like, just how to handle it and how to be a great teammate in whether it's on the bench, on the field. And then you can also take that into life too, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a major role in like whatever you're doing, your job, your 
um, your family or just like your friend group, whatever it might be, but you can also be a great supporting role too. Like without all those pieces, all those puzzle pieces, it doesn't all come together. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, I see it too. Like just, it's helped me be, become a better assistant coach. Like just into, like it, this program, I coach for the players. Like I'm not coaching for myself or accolades. You know what I mean? I think it's helped me even be just like we said, like knowing your role, like you were talking about, it's helped me understand my role and, you know, help these other people without looking for anything in exchange, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. So important. I'm so glad that you said something different. Um, because I think it's one of the most important things that that has been said. Um, and I love the Abby Wambach quote too. Are you a big, um, U S national team fan? I know the answer already, but <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, you read book? Her, who Abby's? Yeah. I yeah. actually have not, I have not read her book, but I follow her and her wife, Glennon Doyle and pretty closely. And I actually, well, outside of the time that we met her together mm-hmm. in the U S I actually met her as like a young girl and it like changed my life. I met her for five minutes and I was so inspired. So where did you, I, I got to read her book. I don't know how, why I haven't, but that's definitely on my to-do list. It's a, it's a good one. It's a quick read. So um, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I was going to say it's right up my alley. Nice quick read. Um, it's like small with big font. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, what was, what was that story? When did you meet her as a young girl? Um, I, I mean, I don't know about you. Were you obsessed with Mia Hamm? Of course. Yeah. So <laughs> Mia Hamm was my idol, like every other little girl. She should be everybody's. But um, she, uh, it was her farewell tour. It was her last year playing on the national team. And my like Christmas and birthday gift that year was my parent, my mom brought me down to go to her like farewell tour game in um, the Meadowlands Stadium. Mm-hmm. And like it was just it was after the game it was just so moving to me I don't know I don't even remember how old I was maybe I was like in middle school I was and I was there and it was after the game and some of the players were going around (laughs) signing and I was there and I just saw them and it was so crazy to me I just was crying (laughs) so she like stopped and was like oh my god like honey why are you crying and I was like, cause I'm meeting you. Like it just was a very embarrassing, but it was a big moment. It was so cool to meet these people that I had like, I mean, I had their jerseys on my wall, their pictures on my wall. Like, I think for us, we didn't have a lot of female role models. Like they are just one of the biggest um, inspirations to us because of how successful they've been and what they've created for themselves. So um you know, they were like celebrities. They're amazing. So I was just, it was kind of funny, but, um, but that moment she, she tried to get me down on the field and everything, but we got oh. exited. So, but it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a really cool experience. That's so funny. And now looking back on it, you get to meet her however many years later with you. Right. I didn't cry that time. I was going to say, I don't remember any tears from you that time, but, <laughs> but that would have been really funny if there were, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> been really funny that, like that would definitely be on the Instagram for sure most, <laughs> yeah. like, liked post of the year you know how they do that where they like at the end yeah. of the year they, like most liked post yeah it would be it would be Kayla yeah. crying and shaking Abby Wambach's hand <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it though. That's so special. Like you said, like, I mean, you have their pit, their posters on your wall, you know, and I, I still feel the same about like a lot of these women in the world. I just, it's on social media now. Yeah. The ones that you follow and you feel like it's from a distance. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're just kind of like, like you said, you follow Abby and her wife, Glennon. I do too. And I feel like I know everything that goes on in their life because they post about it so much. Yeah. I think that's what's really cool. And like with that, like when we were growing up, like you didn't have a, I didn't have a cell phone to high school. So like the only people you knew were magazines or TV. And those were the only people, you know what I mean? Like, so now this generation has so much more access to us because of social media where like for me growing up, we, I didn't have, I literally didn't have a cell phone until like ninth or 10th grade. So it would have to be in a magazine at like the grocery store or the TV. And that's literally the only not the only, but some of the only female athletes that were, were out there on TV and in magazines and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned it too. Cause now you, as you're talking about it, I'm kind of thinking of, you know, people that I was looking up to and it was almost more people that were in my immediate circle too. Like people that you could see at like a, a local game or something. Like I remember I used to like idolize Kara Mufo because she was here yeah. on the island five yeah. years older than me you know like just people that were around totally. wasn't seeing anything on tv or anything or social media because we didn't like you said have access to that but you could 100%. go to a game and watch the best players in person be like wow I want to be like her yeah so that, that was a cool way to like look at it now um look at the difference of it now but that's like you said it's really awesome that these girls can be able to access us mm-hmm. at all times um yeah and hopefully even more so as we go through the future and make some cool things happen. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what, um, what you were like as a player in like high school? Did you play travel ball? Your journey to getting to Cuse? Like what were you like as a player and what do you think helped you stand out on the field to coaches like Gary and um, helped you get to that, to playing at that level? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I had said, I had played soccer and basketball and my dad was a basketball coach. So like I played travel soccer and travel basketball growing up and never played travel lacrosse. And then I picked up lacrosse a little bit later. And then in high school, um, so I started playing lacrosse and then, yeah, I, I, we had a club team called Albany elite and, um, we only did like one tournament and it was in Syracuse. So I had gone to that tournament and I believe maybe Gary had seen me play there. Um, and he, he invited me to go to his, uh, summer camp, like Syracuse camp. And what I didn't understand was that like in basketball, your camps, they were, they are just camps to get better. They're not recruiting camps. So I had anticipated going to like uh, a player development camp and I didn't realize until after the camp was over and Gary was like, do you and your parents want to come talk to me? I was like, what are we doing? So we all went in there and he gave me a scholarship offer. And I think my parents (laughs) dropped dead. Like they were like, what is him? I don't know one other thing he said to me after that. We were just like, what the heck is going on? But um. So that's how Gary and my story with Syracuse happened. And he gave me like a year to make a decision or what I forget what it was, but, um, and then 
really what the only reason I was like known is I had this coach, um, an assistant coach who came in to help our lacrosse team. And she was very well connected in lacrosse. And she encouraged me to go to this trial and it was the schoolgirls uh, trial. And I, again, had no idea what I was doing. My, my mom was like, if you, the only thing my mom wanted me to do was play for my high school team, like in soccer and basketball, she, she wanted me to play for my high school team. She thought it was bad to like my town if I would go elsewhere. So they were real, she was really against me going to this trial, but whatever I convinced her, this lady convinced her. They drove me out there. I got in a car with like a couple other people. We drove out there and it was amazing because there were so many good players and like four of the girls that I had made that team with, actually, I played with at Q's. So it was, I'm sure you played at school girls too, but it was like a big tournament. You represented like your state or for New York, it was like, we were upstate and then there was Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had made the team and then they picked five players from that to go to um, a U19 tryout. And again, literally had no idea what I was doing. I, I somehow got selected and I went to that tryout and uh, it was, ju- it was just like something I'll never forget in my life because I, I was at such a young age around all these people that were so good at lacrosse. And, um, and you asked too, like what kind of a player I was. And I actually was a midi in high school and I was like a top dodger, like had no skills, like just like bull dodger. And um, I think it was cause like my size and most players played midfield in high school, but everywhere else I got recruited, recruited me to play midfield. And when I played U19, I actually made the team as a midi. Like I played midfield for like the entire U19 World Cup, which is really funny because I think I would need an ambulance if I played <laughs> midfield now, <laughs> but um. But no, I, so I went to this U19 trial. I was like surrounded by these incredible players who they all knew each other. And I was like, no one knows who I am. I don't know anybody, but, um, and I really seriously mean this. I was, I got really lucky to make that team. There were so many good players there and I wasn't connected. I, I didn't know any of the evaluators or anything like that. And I guess, I don't know. I had a good day, a good drill, whatever it was. And fortunately I made that team. And I feel like that sort of opened up my, the whole world of lacrosse for me. Like it's, it's okay to be that good. It's okay to, you know, want to be the best or it's okay to want to play top college lacrosse and, you know, want to be that good. So um, I think like, those are the two things, like being recruited by Gary um, gave me so much confidence. And then just to make you 19 sort of opened up all these windows and like the whole world of lacrosse and sport of lacrosse to me. And, you know, I like looking up to a Katrina Dowd, a Kristen Chelman, all these um, Acacia Walker, all these amazing players that I hadn't known, you know what I mean? Cause like you said, like Long Island, you're really connected, but where I grew up, there wasn't a lot. So, um, yeah, that's sort of, that's a long story, but that's a little bit of my story. <laughs> No, that's great because listen, like I know everybody who's listening is learning, but I'm also learning too. Like all those little details, like that's such a cool story because everybody's got a different one. Yeah. Um, and they see like who you are now and they're just like, they just assume like, you know, it, she was on a travel team. She got recruited to cues cause she's awesome. And then this, that, and the other thing. And there's so many little details to it that make your story so unique that make it probably so much more special for you. Yeah. Um, 
but that's- Were you always a lacrosse player? Yes, right? Uh, yes and no. Like I played uh, multiple sports yeah. in school as well. I played volleyball, volleyball and basketball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I played lacrosse first, like since maybe sixth or seventh grade, um, mm-hmm. but always played other sports throughout so that yeah. I had those like off years. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's different. Like I, I played yellow jackets for nine years, you know, like nine. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it was here. You know, yeah. that's what you wanted to do to, to make those school girls teams or even get to the tryout. Yeah. Like you wanted to play on top guns or play on, you know, like my rivals were like Sam and, you know, yeah. like Shelby Fredericks and all them. Cause it was top guns, yellow jackets. Um, and that's just like, it's so crazy, right? Like everybody comes from a different spot and a different like story behind it. Yeah. Um, but really cool to end up coming together now. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so take us to like two Qs now. We're getting through through your journey. So take us to Qs. Um, what are some of your like favorite moments? Like I know that everybody, I've had a couple different people on here and what's cool to learn about everybody post collegiately like on the u.s team in the professional world just in the lacrosse world in general um like obviously when you're on a college team in your locker room is like the only thing that matters and then outside of it it's like i don't care what the other team is doing i don't care what they're about like our locker room is all that matters but what's cool about afterwards is now learning so much about what was going on inside those locker rooms and like what makes those teams so awesome so what would you say is like some of your favorite traditions and things that were so special about the culture at Cuse. Yeah, no, that's such a great way to put it too. And it was the same thing with me. Like it was just Syracuse lacrosse, you know, yeah. that's like all I knew. And then everyone else, it's like, and then you're, and then for me too, I was like, as a coach, you're put in these programs, you're experiencing, you're literally experiencing, you're a part of it. So it is so funny. It's so true. But um, yeah, like, I guess for, for, for me, Syracuse lacrosse and is, I think a lot of people would have this answer, but I'm sure everybody does, but it's just such a special experience because you become so close with your teammates and your coaches and people use the word family all the time. And I don't think, I don't know, like I, I look at it like, not like, I really care about these people. Like when I say family, I mean, like I literally look at them and love them. Like I love my family Mm -hmm. and like my coaches, I would just, I would literally do anything for them. Just like they were a family member and my teammates too. So, um, I think for most of us, we probably have us, I'm sure you, you guys look like you guys have an amazing culture and all coaching staff and, you know, teammates and all those things. So, I think that's what's great is like in the recruiting process, I think a lot of people think you have to hit, find this perfect fit, but I don't really think that's the case. You know, I think there's a lot of good fits. You just have to choose. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like for me, I just, it was the perfect fit. I mean, I just said, there's no perfect fit, but it was a great fit for me. I just really was able to like, my coaches believed in me. My teammates believed in me. Um, There was this, really incredible family atmosphere and um you know at the time I thought it was so unique and special and but there's a lot of places like that out there but um I'm really grateful for choosing Syracuse and everything it did for me 
So awesome. Like you said, family is like the biggest word, but everybody's, you know, everybody's got a different family. So that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest part about the recruiting process too, is just like finding your family, finding yeah. where you, you know, grow up and spend four years, four plus years, you know, you never know. Um, but it is within that locker room where special things are what matter. Um, can we talk about a little bit off, um, sorry, on the field? Do you have like a favorite win or favorite play or favorite kind of, I guess, moment or memory from playing at Syracuse? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think kind of like tied for two things, but but the big thing that sticks out in my mind was my junior year, the ACC tournament. We won the ACC tournament and it was down at UVA and we had to play BC, Duke and North Carolina. And we had played all those three teams in the regular season and we had lost to Duke, BC and North Carolina. And we were like a really low seed in the tournament. And we beat BC in overtime. Then the next day we beat Duke. And then we beat North Carolina the following day in double overtime. And it was just so cool and so unique. Like I think in women's lacrosse so often, it's like the top team always wins. And if they don't, it's like the second ranked team. Um, and like at the final four, it's so common in women's lacrosse that it's number one, number two, number three, and number four ranked seeding. So we were like a seven or eight seed. No, we were probably like a six or seven seed, but we, yeah, we had lost to like everybody that year <laughs> and we came in and we won the ACC tournament. And that gave us like, I forget what the bid was for the NCAA tournament, but it helped us so much. And it was just so cool, like to see I'll, I'll, everyone just step up and play so well at the same time, you know, that's what it takes to win. And um, it was just really cool experience, especially with two of the games, two of the three being in overtime, you know, it's just so tense. So that would be probably my, like my most favorite memory of playing at Syracuse. And then I would just say also just being able to like my four years there, we got to play every year in the final four. And although we lost, it was still, you know, it's just really cool to play in the final four and get to experience that. So, but I would say ACC tournament when we won that my junior year was my favorite. And then after that, it would be definitely getting to play in final fours. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really cool story, especially like losing to them in the, in the regular season. And then yeah. not easy to win three games in one weekend, especially against yeah. those teams. And especially smoked by those guys too. <laughs> It's okay. Most people do very talented teams, <laughs> like very, very talented teams. Yes. Um, but that, yeah, that's definitely a special memory for sure. Um, and the overtimes too, those aren't easy. No. <laughs> those are definitely not easy. <laughs> no, they were like two, two of the three games. They literally could have gone either way. And then even when we played Duke, I think we only won by like two or three goals. So they were all really intense, crazy games. Like I remember in the championship when it went to overtime, we were like, here we are again. Like, <laughs> but Sounds good. yeah, but yeah, go with it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so playing for, I know you mentioned, um, Gary a bunch, but you know, he is obviously a legend in the game, um, both on the playing and the coaching side. Um, and I know that what's really cool and similar with myself and yourself is that you have such a great relationship with your coach. Um, and I think that's really special. So what would you say are some of like, um, 
some of the main, I guess, lessons or things that you took from playing for Gary? Uh, maybe like something he continuously said to you or just one tidbit of advice, um, anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. So I think what's really cool about Gary and his coaching style and why it really worked for me was he never once in four years, not one time, did he tell me that I'm good? He never said, oh, you're good. Anything along those lines. It was, he was by far, ask any teammate that was there in those four years, he was by far the hardest on me. And, but like in a perfect example, when we played in that ACC tournament and we were playing North Carolina, we're in double overtime. We call a timeout, we get the ball. And literally the only thing he says is, there's no play. There's no nothing. He started laughing. He was like, we're just going to get K train the ball. And that was it. That was, that was what it was. But what it was really cool about how he coaches is that he never tells you these like things to make you feel good or think you're good. He actually shows you. And like, it, it's nothing he says, it's what he does. You know, like he doesn't need to tell me I'm the best, but he gives me the ball at the end of the game. Like, I know he trusts me or has faith in me or confidence in me. So I think that's really cool. I think like a lot of times, I don't know if I can say this, but I think a lot of times women kind of like we talk and want to give each other compliments all the time. Mm -hmm. But what's something really impactful that he did was he showed me how you can show somebody a lot by your actions. It's not what you say, it's what you do. So I think that was something really cool he showed me. Um, was just like show people by what you do mm -hmm. and um which is really cool and that's why everything he said I took so I, everything he said I took to heart like if he told me I'm being lazy like it meant something I probably was and if he whatever whatever it was it just it meant a lot to me because he never he never had any fluff in what he was saying to you everything he meant and um and he always just showed you with actions like he, he's just so smart and he, he's just taught me a lot about life. There's so many more things than that, but that's something I think about now as a coach and as a person all the time, mm -hmm. it's just, your influence is so much greater if you can do it and not say it, you know? So I think that's something that he certainly taught me. So important to hear, not only in the lacrosse world, just in general, in life, yeah. said, you know, um, and I, I love that you said that too. Just that example of, you know, not having to say, Hey, you're the best, but just physically giving you the ball at the end of an overtime game, just mm -hmm. showing you that trust, um, trust between player and coach. So, so important. Mm -hmm. um, so actually this is a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about you coaching and playing simultaneously right in your life right now you're playing professionally and with us and you're also coaching at a very very high level like you mentioned um you know bc is i'm a stud program um i should know they kicked us out of the of this tournament my senior year it's fine it's fine um <laughs> but um what is what would you say is like your favorite part of being um you know obviously cues forever but what is your favorite part of being um in the bc family now yeah, there's so much I love about it. And I think I've found just like a really special place. And 
well, first of all, my, my whole extended family, my dad has eight siblings and he grew up in Boston, right outside of Boston, a town called Medford. So my whole family's here. And um, so I'm really connected here. And then it's sort of actually always been like a dream of mine to coach at BC. Even when I was in college, I, I knew I wanted to coach. I knew I wanted to be in Boston. So like a big goal of mine was, you know, it just, I guess it more of a dream would be to coach at BC. So um, I'm at my dream job and I, I, I think it's just so it's an amazing place. There's such a, you know, unbelievable coaching staff with Acacia and Jen and Sam. Um, I learned so much from them and we have, we're very, very close off the field as well too. It's not like a job. I actually do really love them. Um, and then, yeah, I think it just, but I think that what makes it all so special is just the girls. They're just amazing people. Um, and like, so selfless is a really cool thing about the BC girls. So I think, yeah, yeah. That's like the, the biggest thing is just, I love it because I love the girls and getting to coach every day and, you know, get to, like you said, I get to coach in a final four now, like how lucky am I? So it's, it's really cool. And I'm, and I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You got to play in final fours and now you get to coach in them. Um, what would you say is like, like, I, Sorry. <laughs> that was my dog. <laughs> that wasn't me. Um, <laughs> what would you say is like the one thing that you learn from like, you know how you're on the sideline as a coach watching the girls, what would you take from that as a player yourself and then vice versa? Um, like as a player, what do you see out on the field when you're playing now that you might not have seen before being a coach? I know a lot of people talk about, you know, playing and coaching simultaneously and just kind of like how much you take and like being able to take off a coaching hat while you're playing and vice versa, being able to take off the player's hat while you're coaching. Sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it actually makes it easier. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I don't know if this is quite answering the question, but I think it is a lot harder, I guess in big moments, it's a lot harder to coach mm -hmm. because you as much as like control you have, you don't really, like as a player, you're holding the ball, you're making decisions, you're, you know what I mean? Like you're actually influencing the game where on the sideline, like at my best, I can make sure we're running the right plays and get them prepared and recruit well. And you know what I mean? But like, so you have a big influence, but in that moment, you don't really have con control. You can put people in the right places and do these little things, but it's, it's definitely harder as a coach to watch from being a player in those moments, like as a player, you have complete control. You have the, like you're controlling the game. And as a coach, like out of that timeout and they go out there, it's like, oh my God, I don't have control, you know? So it's harder as a coach, I think. But, um, but yeah, I think like a lot of people say, I think it, uh, it, it makes me a better player, like coaching all the time. I see the game a little bit differently. Um, but I actually think it helps me more just like in terms of training and getting ready. Like I get to have a stick in my hand every day and I get to think about the game of lacrosse every day where, you know, if you're at regular nine to five job, you might think about lacrosse for 30 minutes of the day where I'm literally thinking about lacrosse from the time I wake up, the time I go to bed. So I think it helps me in terms of that, just in terms of like training and getting ready to play and, um, 
So I don't know if that really answered the question, but answered it perfectly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> answered it perfectly. Um, that's exactly, you know, kind of just your opinion on like coaching and playing simultaneously. I love that you said that you wake up thinking about lacrosse and then you go to sleep thinking about lacrosse. Cause I, I feel that, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's sometimes it's hard to turn off when you're just trying to like be the best that you can be on the field. Um, but yeah. at the same time, when you think about it, it's like, I don't know about you, but I feel so lucky that we're able to do that, you know? Um, yeah. So I just think it's really special that we're able to do that and make lacrosse our careers, whether it is coaching in college or just running around doing KO 17 lacrosse things. <laughs> um, sorry, we got puppy problems over here. Um, okay. So let's talk about your post-collegiate playing journey. So um, I guess just kind of like playing professionally and playing with U.S., what kind of like hard work and sacrifice do you think it has taken to get to this level? Um, like if someone wanted to be at this level one day, what would, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah. Um, it's definitely gotten harder after college. I played us, um, when I was in college too. And that, that was a little bit easier just because I'm trained. You guys, (laughs) Just because, uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, but just because I'm, I get to like practice every day and it's just forced upon me that I have to lift and condition and practice. So after college, it became a lot harder because, you know, it's harder to find, you have to find that time on your own outside of work and things like that. But I think it just comes down to like, and we tell our players this a lot, but it's, it's goals. What do you want? And like, what's driving you? And for me, like right now where I am in my life, like I still want to play. I still want to compete at a high level. I want to play in the professional league. I want to make the U S team. So when I have goals like that, it makes it easier to work really hard because I'm chasing something where if I didn't have those goals, I don't know, like I wouldn't have the motivation to do those things or it would be easy for me to skip. But if I miss a workout or if I miss a opportunity to go shoot on my own, when it's a nice day, I'm, I'm killing myself for it because like, that was a waste of a day. That was a waste of an opportunity. So I think my suggestion to people would be figure out your goals and not that it'll be easy, but it will be easier to motivate yourself and to really work hard. I love it. Um, I feel the same way about a, a missed workout too. So, um, it's really great. Like I said, at the beginning of the episode too, it's just really great to have those now after a really crazy year, have those like dates set and things to look forward to, um, in the near future. So I just have one, I know we get asked questions all the time, just like what it means to wear the red, white, and blue. Um, but what was it like for you to wear a gold medal to win the gold medal what kind of memories and moments does that bring up for you what kind of feelings there yeah it's an interesting question because when you just ask that what I think about is how I think I was just so focused at the time on making that team and being prepared and wanting to win the championship that it meant so much, but it gets sweeter as time goes on. Like I realized how lucky I am now going through this whole process again. I'm, I think back like, geez, like I just took that for granted. I can't believe how lucky I was. And 
Um, so I think it definitely gets sweeter. I feel like blessed beyond words to have made that team and gotten to play in a world cup. Um, so I think it gets sweeter with time, but, um, but still, I mean, in the moment, it's an amazing feeling. It's like, I can't believe, like, it just takes so much work. You're, it's not every season you get a new opportunity. It's every four years. So that takes a incredible amount of discipline and focus and hard work to be able to make that team. And then also be able to like play a high level of lacrosse in a world cup where you're playing against some of the best players in the world. So, um, I definitely, it was an amazing experience and I guess it just gets sweeter with time. And I feel beyond lucky to have been able to experience that. So awesome. You couldn't have put it better. (laughs) I love it. Um, and I am hoping to be able to chase after one with you, um, in the future for sure. Similar goals. Um, I love it. So where would you like to see, I mean, the dreaded question, but where would you like to see women's lacrosse in 10 years from now? Um, if you had like a specific goal for it, I know a lot of people use the general term of growing the game and, um, doing all these amazing things for the game, but what is something specific or even just a general goal that you, if you're in 10 years from now, looking at the sport of women's lacrosse, um, what would you want to see? I guess my biggest thing, my overall biggest thing where, where I would want the game to be is I would want this game to be more accessible and more diverse for sure. Um, I think, uh, right now it's the white person sport and it's, you know, it takes a lot of money in order to be able to play. So in growing the game, I hope literally that happens. I hope it, it explodes beyond just the hotbed areas. I hope that there's, you know, more people playing more diversity in our sport. Um, people that don't look just like you and me, but look differently are playing this sport and everyone in our country, all these little girls that play lacrosse can want to be a pro one day or play in college lacrosse. So that would be my, my overall biggest thing, but I'd also want to, to also I guess, sort of look like how the women's soccer national team looks like I would want, you know, the future athletes to get paid well and to have a sustainable professional league and have their games be played on ESPN in outside of just college lacrosse. Um, You know, I'd want kids to be able to turn on the TV and watch an amazing women's college lacrosse game without having to stream it or things like that. So I guess those are some big goals for where I'd want the game to be in 10 years. I love it. Um, hopefully we can make that happen because we are definitely again, aligned there. Um, so hopefully we can do some special things together. Um, okay. Last question before we get into our quick finishes, which is kind of like an attacker quote, but also we just ask you quick little like speed round questions. Um, but our last question here, uh, is two part one, what is one piece of advice that you've received throughout your lacrosse career or throughout your life from a mentor, family member, any, anybody that's always stuck with you? Yeah, it's kind of corny, but it's true. Um, it, my dad always said, anybody can work as hard as you, but don't let anybody ever outwork you. And that's really stuck with me. Just like, 
there's going to be a lot of people that work hard, but just don't let any of those people ever outwork you. And I think for all of us who have gotten this level, but um, like for me, I know it's just taken a lot of work to get there and just like so much time on my own out. I think the big thing too, if I were to say something, if people were to listen is it's not just about working out in the weight room or going for a run, like on your own, that's the easy part. That's what you do every day. That's, that's the easy part. Working hard to me is like going and finding a field when it's snowing. What do you do? Uh, when you don't want to play wall ball, like it's, it's having your stick in your hand and, and doing all these things to really get, become a better player or, you know, playing in a pickup league or playing whatever it is. But I think that's like a, a, a big thing for me. Um, but yeah, just that quote, my dad said certainly has stuck with me in not just lacrosse, but outside of my life too. But I actually remember you at US saying your dad had a quote for you too, that you, that you <laughs> like so buy or stick by. Yeah. That's, that's really funny that you remember that. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he told me to let the game come to me. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's really funny that you remember that. I like yours too. It's <laughs> almost like going the extra mile. Like you said, yeah. like just doing the extra, um, you know, uh, coach Felina used to call that like, being the hardo, um, you know, and doing the action and being okay with being the hardo. Yeah. And, you know, like being proud of being the hardo so that you have a team full of hardos yeah. and then, you know, you get out there and like, nobody's going to beat you because you're just always, you know, battling for each other. So, um, I love that mentality. I think it's really just kind of resonated with me there. And it kind of answered my second part of that question, which was, um, but if you have a favorite quote that you would pass on to someone, um, that needs a little bit of inspiration or something that you're always just putting out into the world, what would your favorite quote be? Or even just piece of advice. It could be a, a Kayla trainer, original quote. <laughs> I would say that, like, I would say the don't, you know, any, no, oh my God, whatever. <laughs> no. Um, I think it would probably be that, but something different would be maybe, um, I don't know what Acacia says really sticks out to me. She, her big thing is, I think you talked about it too, is just dreaming big mm -hmm. is like thinking outside of what even is possible. And I was really lucky. Like my story that I had shared was people sort of dreamed big for me and, you know, thought I could do things that I didn't even think I could do. Um, so that really changed the course of my life. And so I would encourage everyone to like dream big for yourself, but also like dream big for the people around you and, and encourage them too. That's amazing. I love that. That's a, that's a Kayla trainer original right there. You should put that on the, put that on a t-shirt for the new brand. Oh, I like that. There you go. <laughs> I like that. There you go. No, I'll rock it. <laughs> Great promo for me <laughs> on our next Zoom call. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So last but not least, quick little finishes here. here. Um, so it's just like a speed round. Just going to ask you a quick little question um, just to get to know you a little bit better as if we didn't for the last hour. Uh, all right. You ready? Ready. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor? Cookie dough. If you didn't play lacrosse, what sport would you want to play professionally? 
Soccer, basketball, soccer. Soccer. (laughs) Favorite place that you've traveled to? Ireland. Tacos or pizza? Pizza. If you could see one band or artist in concert right now, who would it be? Dermont Kennedy. You're good at that. You're definitely the quickest. It's too easy. (laughs) Um, A new hobby that you've picked up during quarantine. (laughs) Basketball again. I played so much basketball. That's exciting. Can you teach me? (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. We play like all the time. I'm down for a pickup basketball game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last two. Go to karaoke song. I can't sing. Um. I don't even know. I, 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 it's okay. You get back to me on that. We'll go to Carrie. Yeah, I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, one thing on your bucket list. I want to go to, um, I want to go and meet the team, the Kenya lacrosse team. I want to go there. You want to go to Kenya? That'd be yeah. awesome. That is awesome. I'm so excited for that to come out. That documentary. I know, right? How amazing was that? So incredible. It gave me chills. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, who are listening, um, the Kenya women's lacrosse team, national team, um, they have a documentary coming out. Um, and I'm so excited to watch more about it and just learn more about their story because they're incredible. Yeah. Um, sure. But that concludes all of my questions. So I just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you. For you for coming on and hanging out with the KO17 lacrosse family. Um, I'm super excited that you're going to be um, doing some stuff along along the uh, the training realm as well, so we can do some more fun things together. Um, but I'm also really excited to get back out on the field with you. Uh, it's been an honor to be able to watch you growing up, and be able to learn from you on and off the field. So I'm very very grateful to have you as a teammate and a friend now as well. But thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. No. And when we talk about like the game being in a better place when we leave, like you're going to be a huge part of that for sure. What you're doing is amazing. So love you as a teammate. Can't wait to get back out there with you. I know it'll be soon. It'll be soon. <laughs> One of these days. And if not, we're going to get together and play pickup basketball. Yeah. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks, K-Train. You are the best. And thank you guys for, for listening. I will see you again next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.